Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John has a leaky ceiling and is running late even while he's asleep. Meanwhile, I wonder why no one's ever on their phones in their dreams, and I tell the story of the group in the 1600s who thought the world was ending. Plus a conversation about overcorrections, balance, and the need for dissenting viewpoints. Today's episode is not sponsored by Holy Toledo, Ohio's newest megachurch. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. It's the Bantertown crew, Johnny. Back for another week to talk about that. We're the crew. You know, Bantertown, I still think... We need a crew. But it'll be helpful. We don't have... We've, you know, I know we had our friend Brian Bates on the other day, and and I know you, I noticed you didn't comment on this, on oh. this, but he said to us like he was kind of impressed of what we have going on in this little office that we kind of have our thing, yeah. We have our cameras, right? We have our lights, and they're all in motion because you only want to find ways to criticize it. Mm-hmm. Let's make it better, and you can't ever just be content. And yeah, I'm sick of it, and that's the you think this is. Where you're you're a more positive person, I'm a more negative person. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm like, which wow, when did that happen? Well, you'll catch up. <laughs> my negativity always kicks my, up with yours. Where my positivity kicks in is, I feel like you're going to end up being more negative than me. <laughs> I'm positive of it. Yeah, I feel <laughs> like I'm still better than you are. So that's the one thing I have going for me. There's no doubt you're better than me, Johnny. No, and come on. No, These are all jokes. Come on now. Do you have a leak? I'm looking I up at your ceiling. Did we figure it out? Don't know. It's that drop ceiling where it's those foamy tiles, you know, and if you have a leak, you can see a little I, I see a little stain there developing. So far, my method of addressing that leak is to not look up. Oh. I'm just going to look forward Doesn't and, look, and keep working. It's not like yellowing yet, so it, it's, well, it's fresh. Not, it's not bulging through as if something's about to fall out of the ceiling onto Oof. me. That's a bad day. That happened a couple of times when I was on staff here, working mm-hmm. here. As that was my job to figure out what those things were. Yeah, and I did not. Johnny, those were, was, those were ceiling tiles. I was not up to the task. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, what was causing the? <laughs> yeah, it could be usually it's a leaky pipe. Or something from an, an AC unit upstairs. Mm-mm. But I don't know. Right here, there should be nothing above me. And I'm still not sure if it's not just a shadow. We forgot to look last time we turned our lights back off. Won't that preach, though? Come sometimes on. we don't know what's above us. Yeah. We're, sometimes we're looking at shadows. And we think we're seeing something, but we're not. Mm-mm. We're just seeing the shadow. Yeah. We had a friend um, who passed away. and he used to, I don't know if it was his, but I remember we first were first um, kind of getting into church together. Yeah. And he had a sermon illustration that still to this day sticks with me. Yeah. And it was about the shadow. And he was like, he was walking one day mm-hmm. and he just felt like, you know, he was feeling, I don't, I don't know what he's feeling. I don't yeah. remember that part. But there was this cat. You're adding exposition that's yeah, not in the sermon. And he said to himself, I don't remember what he said. It was 26 <laughs> years ago or whatever. But, yeah. but he said this cat walked up mm-hmm. and kind of walked past him and his shadow, the cat's shadow went into his shadow and disappeared. Right. And he was like, that's, he felt like in his heart, like I was saying, that's what it's like when I hide you in my shadow. Like you're the right. cat and mm-hmm. your, your needs, your issues are so much smaller, but in my shadow, they just go away. Yeah. You know, you're hidden. So. Or like if somebody sees that shadow, they're seeing the size right. of the big shadow. So right. it's a way to kind of hide yourself in that shadow. And then somebody else would be intimidated by the size of that shadow. Right. So the enemy, you're bigger only, than so yeah. a way to become bigger than yourself. We're a part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, you hide in the shadow. Yeah, it's a lot there. Or like you're the cat, mm-hmm. and you're like make everybody else sneeze. You know what yes. I'm saying? And so, but the size of your sneeze is hidden inside. Do shadows have allergies? Inside of the sneezes, yeah. Wait, the shadows sneeze. Wow, that was our record name, wasn't it? Shadow sneeze. Shadow Sneeze. Oh, it was so good. I don't know why that, I ever made Why it. wouldn't that be our go-to know. band name? Why do we end up on Shadow Sneeze? I, it's got a, it's got a ring to it. That's kind of like Ark Eden. It's just like, oh, hey guys, Ark. I got this idea. Shadow Sneeze. Shadow. What does it mean? You know, like a shadow, like in the Bible. In a sneeze. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. So I had a, uh, I watched a video the other day about, and it made me think. You ever watch the thing and you're like. 
This is an interesting trend. Like somebody on Twitter will bring up something and you're like, I've never thought about that. And then somebody did a video about that and they were like, okay, I'm a middle-aged person and I've just real, I'm realizing just now that this is true of my experience too. What do you guys think? And I thought, I want to see what John says about this. I want to see what your thoughts are on this. So this, this is the original tweet. It says, how is it 2023 and nobody's come up with a satisfying explanation as to why cell phones never show up in our dreams if we're using them 12 hours a day. And I st- and the guy said, I had to admit, I don't use cell phones in my dreams. And yet, it's attached to me all day, every day, for the last 20 plus years. Hmm. So, I started thinking, like, what what's going on that our dreams are, are, are putting that out? They're isolating that out. That aspect of our lives are not present in the dream. What do you think it is? Interesting. First of all, is it true for you? Do you uh, remember being on your cell phone in a dream? I can only see, here's where, here's where I, I would say, because people are already at internet. I have dreams with cell phones. <laughs> if you have like a nightmare, if you have a, 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 a bad experience in your life where you got a call and somebody was gone or somebody has in a car accident, and now your dream is m- making you relive that story, I can see why that would be. If it's attached yeah. to trauma. But if you're just having a dream, in other words, if you dream, like I dream of my mom, and in my, in my dreams, my mom is still alive, yeah, and I'm encountering her, but I'm never encountering her on the phone. Right. She's in person. Yeah. It's interesting. My dreams are so, like, I had one last week that it's so complicated, I, I don't have words uh-huh. for it, it, but it's always about, I need to get somewhere, and there's like this labyrinth of obstacles between me and there. Right. They're waiting for me to do something when I get there. Mm -hmm. Usually to, I got to preach or something. Oh boy. And I don't have like shoes on. I'm looking for my shoes and then I'm crawling through like, again, some crazy uphills. You're late to, you're late to preach or I'm late for a class. That'll happen. I'm going to be a student. I get that. Yeah. Like college though. Right. And like, and I'm supposed to have something to present. Okay. And, like, I haven't even started on it. Like, I have a lot of those. Yeah, that's know? a very common thing of, like, uh, feeling uh, panic that you've not done the project. Yeah. You're going to let people down, and you're hurrying to get there. Right. And that you know it's already started. Yeah. But you know, but in your dream, it's, it's, it's very strange. Like, this one, though, is, like, the number of obstacles to get there was, like, it was almost like I was crawling over, like, um, not a windmill, well, what do you? What do you? How do you crawl over a windmill? What do you John? call that in the water? Where that you know where it's coming oh, out the side, like the, a steamship turbine yes, thing. Like there were those. Like it's like wheel. It was like my brain had created these yeah. elaborate. Yeah, it's like a video game puzzles. Uh huh. And like I get to one, and I get caught in this one, and it would actually suck me in more on this level, and I can't ever get to the next step level up, and I'm like running through. Like yeah, parking garages, all kinds of stuff. But in the never of does a phone ring and you pick up but the I, phone. I never had a phone like a even phone, a landline. Phone would have been helpful to right. call ahead to go. Hey guys, I'm running behind here, back in this labyrinth of windmills. So here's what I think it is. This okay. is my theory on it. Right. Your brain is. Here's what dreams are. It's just movies that your brain is running for you while you sleep. Okay. So here's what I think is your brain even knows. That a phone is a lazy narrative device. <laughs> so it's saying like, we're not going to make it a phone call. We can just bring mom into the thing. Yeah. You know? Right. So that just shows how boring we've become with phones. That even your brain's like, we're not <laughs> doing We're not doing that. We're yeah. going to spend the money. We're going to go big budget with this thing. <laughs> we're actually bringing your dead mother in. Yeah. It's not going to be just her voice over a phone. Right. So that just shows like. How dull we've become. Yeah. With well, phones. It's really taken Technology away. is making it made us so dull that even your brain's like, I know that technology, you're addicted to it. Can we not be more creative? We're not doing that. Right. We're not green screening this. Yeah. This I, is going to be the real deal. I love the idea that your brain is speaking to your consciousness and telling it it's stupid. It's basically. being a director. Like, what is wrong with you? It's being like, hold on, we've got the actual Hitler here. Right. We don't have to. We don't have to fake it. We don't need a phone. It's not a phone call. It's not a Zoom with Hitler. Here's Hitler. With your mom. Ta da. Right. Yeah. Like, they, I like And then if it's my dream, my mom suddenly becomes Hitler for no reason. Do you have people just change places in dreams? Like, Uh, they're they're one thing and then they're another, and you just don't, you don't stop to think, like, wait a minute. Why is my brother now a bear? That that has happened to me before. Like, but my brother's never become a phone. I'll say that. Wow. Mm-mm. 
It's very interesting. I want to know, and maybe we're wrong. Maybe it's not a huge like across the board. Because yeah, I know may, he he tweeted that for accept, a reason. It's the exception that proves the rule. So you may be an exception, but I think if you have a trauma that's tied to a phone, but I would say even if you're dreaming, let's say you're say you're a day trader, you're on the phone all day, right? Which I am. Yeah. Just John's constantly sell, sell. Yeah, right now I'm making uh, money right now. I would think even then your dreams are an escape from that, and you're not necessarily going to dream about a phone. Yeah, I'm definitely in non-normal situation. I'm not. I'm not ever sitting in my office. Yeah, I'm in like a childhood church. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like again elaborate. Like I'm in. Are you one of these people that thinks your dreams mean something? I think my dreams. I can usually piece together details from it yeah. of things that happened in the last few days like, yeah I okay i know why that eagle came down because i saw that bird over right the house but you don't think the eagle means that something's going to happen not usually it's not foreboding i do think that the dream like i just described means that something inside of me feels like i can't get a deadline yeah 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 it's the it's people people dream. pleasing uh feeling like you're not going to be enough or you're the not the list pre- is too big not prepared enough yeah yeah the, like, those insecurities are there i get that um for sure, and those are all true. You're not prepared enough, and you're wow. you have a right to be insecure because you're not enough. It's hurtful yet true. Yeah, you know. And I'm the eagle. <laughs> I am the. Did you know the Hitler? Did eagle. you notice that the eagle said, "Pick up your phone, <laughs> genius"? That'd be great if the <laughs> if the eagle just criticizes your, your you. brain makes you have an eagle in your dream, but the, the eagle's like, "I've been calling you for weeks." <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the eagle could speak German. Yeah. Like it all comes together. The Eagles Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a weird guys. Well, you're the ones dreaming it. Don't blame us. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with your brains? I don't but I don't think dreams mean anything. I'm one of those people that just like I think your subconscious is like this uh it's a lot of gobbledygook. And so people that try to I think there are people who want to find meaning in every single thing, and I think sometimes your brain is just like a it's like a computer and it's spitting out jargon sometimes. Yeah. Uh, insecurities are in there and think pieces from your day like you said are yeah. in there interesting that's certainly but, uh, I think that's certainly something to pick up uh, again here in just a second Johnny because oh. we need to stop it here oh really a few of our very I keep saying very trusted sponsors guys I don't know what we we're about to hear we don't know what we're about to hear, about to hear but hey let's take a listen I think there are moments that dreams yeah like I do believe okay 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 here we're going here. Oh, right. Okay. So you and I were raised in Pentecostalism. Yeah. Right. So, and I'm really reading, you and I are talking over lunch today a lot about the lack of balance, the presence of extremism and much of, yeah. and I don't mean extremism in some political way right now. Well, no, that everything is something, there's no coincidences. That's a right. big, that's a big, that's a kind of a big unwritten belief. Among Pentecostals yeah. and charismatics. Right. Uh, and not to, not to paint them with too So if you have a, a feeling, if you have a feeling at lunch with somebody, you almost feel wrong not telling them because yeah. it could be a word from the Lord. Right. And so, yeah, so dreams would have a, a, a huge significance maybe. But there's a balance on I'm, – I'm reading some stuff about well, – they, they use a image called a compass rose, and it sort of shows the tension between the two things. Yeah. And the other side of that is Catholic little c. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know what Catholic little c means. Right. Like the church at large, the communal, right. communal church. Universal or a standard. Yeah. And so that, but it deals less with the, with like individualism or less with, well, on the other side of, sorry, the charismatic side would be orthodoxy as well. Mm-hmm. So you have evangelical and charismatic on one side and the flip side of that would be orthodoxy or orthodox and then little c Catholic. Mm-hmm. And the way we were raised, there wasn't a lot of counterbalancing to evangelical and charismatic thinking with Catholic and Orthodox thinking. Yeah. Because mainly a lot of our movements came out of reformations right. of those things. Yeah. Right. So there's a history to so it's re- like a correction. Right. We're gonna we're gonna reject. But in doing that and realizing that early reformers still use liturgies early reformers right right like they actually took with them hey we're not going to have a pope or we're not going to believe we're going to believe in the priesthood of believers and not just that there are priests that stands with me and god like there, but there was also a lot of things that they that they kept that over time now have have come out of especially yeah. into modern evangelical circles and, and especially charismatic circles so to the point that really we're trying to recreate church all the time yeah in a way that it wasn't done for 
most of history. Yeah. And a lot of that, especially in early church history, was good. You know, we're just so, so we don't have a lot of, of access to it. But in that, like dreams and visions and prophecies, which for me, I'm saying those words <laughs> and like I, because of the ways I was raised and because of some of my trauma, even um, having been, I mean, I'm just going to say it, I've said it before, having been like, Taken down and tried to be destroyed and sued by yeah. my Pentecostal denomination of my right. childhood. And having some of that stuff weaponized against you, it right. does make you a little bit shy of it. Yeah, you're like, ooh. Yeah. And it's not just that. I've also seen lots of people as a pastor, as a shepherd, I've seen people use it to try to gain um, not just power, but to gain influence in church. But like, there's all these alarms. It's so funny. I'll, I'll pull the younger staff aside sometimes and go, hey, I just want you to know all of my alarms are going off about this person, yeah. this new person. And it's not because I don't care for them or want to help them. I see often a – like if you come in rattling off your spiritual gifts and yeah. trying to give words to everybody or something, we don't have a lot of that happen very often anymore. Yeah. But that's very common in Pentecostal churches. People are church hopping. They come in and they immediately start trying to influence. I come in talking about my problems. Here's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and you know what? The opposite. And I would, I'm going to be a drain here, here, and here. Right. Can you meet with me after church, Pastor? Thank we you. We need to talk through. And they go, we've got a person that has those gifts, and they put you together. <laughs> with that person. the other new person. <laughs> What's your name again, Bob? They Help, pair Johnny. you up. Yeah. yeah. But there's that, like, the overcorrection of that. It has to be tension between those two things. Is yeah. that there have been a lot of things in my life I can't explain. Right. There you want to be able to hear from God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was telling you that yesterday that I met, I had a lunch, I had lunch with a pastor and, and he wanted to get into deep things right away, deep conversations, even though we barely know each other. And I thought it was kind of refreshing actually. And he even pushed back on a couple of things with me in a, in a cool way, not like in a rebu- rebuking way, but just in a like, well, you know that this could lead to this. And I, I needed it. It was a good balancing. It was a nourishing conversation. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and and I think that the overcorrection would be to shy away. Yeah. Um, even like, and I've had a few friends. <laughs> I'll go to write for someone of a church that's like reformed or whatever that you don't think of a lot of spiritual gifts in the way that we were raised with them. Yeah. And I have one friend in particular at a, at a major church, and I kind of told him my story mm-hmm. early on, very hesitantly, but we were getting you know close of. And I'm not telling it here, but there are prophetic things that happened that led me into writing. Right. That were out of the blue, things I can't explain and things that have come true. Yeah. Right. And you know the whole story. But the, 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 the story is a little kooky when I tell it. Mm-hmm. So I'm so afraid of being like sort of wrapped up with kookiness. Yeah. When I see people who misuse it. So it's an overcorrection. Yeah. Right. But at the same time. It's like you hide your lot under a bushel, John. Well, you know, that's what I worry about. But then at the same time, like, I also believe that things of prophecy are for a purpose and not things unto themselves. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not just, you know, if you see that. That, right, it could just be for you. You're not supposed to necessarily go write a book about it and tour the earth with it now. Right, or expect everyone else to have that experience. And that's, yeah. that's, the, that's the modern Pentecostal let's, charismatic uh, thing. Is, yeah, let's package it now. Yeah, now how can this be the experience everyone has uh-huh. every week? You know, And that's a very, again, that's the name of my book. I would write about this, which is called Blame Henry Ford, which meaning like somewhere, somehow the, the conveyor belt mentality uh-huh. of the Industrial Revolution spilled over into the, the origins of many of our Pentecostal denominations and charismatic nominations nations to the to the extent that they didn't realize they were taking questions no historians and church leaders had never asked how to standardize this in the way that they did yeah standardize these spiritual giftings and experiences so i'm not saying they weren't happening but they began to evaluate them based upon some standardized viewpoint yeah like a metrics and uh yeah yeah, this is what happens every time check the boxes right kind of mentality yeah so i get though afraid then to share, but the truth is, like God is in many of those things, and God does things we can't explain, and we need interactions with God that are supernatural, can't be explained. That I just don't think that they're in some of our ways. Like people thought that was the only interaction with God, mm-hmm. quiet time or silence, like silence without feeling. Right, you, you know that can't be time with God because I feel nothing. Yeah, nothing happened. I heard nothing or whatever. Right. You know. Um, but there is a contemplative side, and there is an orthodoxy side, even liturgies, a moment right. where I'm, I'm, I'm now 
praying the Nicene Creed along with other believers, and it's yeah. not about me uh-huh. right now. Well, and I've even seen the other side of it where if you have a worship service and it's the music is too good and it makes you feel good, you're supposed to feel bad about that because God can't be in that. It's like... You can't, God can't be if you feel right. in the good feeling. If you're enjoying the music and God can't be using his music to it, uh, uh, now it's emotionalism. It's like, well, God works in my emotions sometimes. Right. Like I feel that, you know, it's, I don't know. There is a There's guilt. a hypercriticism sometimes too, I think, from people who, like with new music, it's so repetitive. It's just 7-11, seven words repeated 11 times. It's like pop songs are that way too, though. You don't criticize Beyonce for that. You know what I'm saying? Like it feels like it's a hyper... And many psalms are that way. Yeah. They, re- they repeat a refrain throughout. There's a Beyonce. reason sometimes to repeat things. Yeah. Because it locks it in. It's a, it's a way to corporately affirm something. Yeah. I don't know. I think that that's an overcorrection too. Uh, I don't think I have it figured out, but I do think the like on both sides, like you said, there's a balance between the things. Well, and there's freedom in the balance of not having to find the pinpoint. I think that's what we're most guilty of is we all want to find a tribe, find a way of believing or create a new orthodoxy that mm-hmm. we can say this is it. And I think that there is, I know within this particular thing I'm reading, they're like, hey, there are ways you could leave this this particular way which we think is right. But there are eight things that are always in tension with one another mm-hmm. that, I mean, honestly, I've experienced my whole life. I, I feel a tension, and I feel a longing for more structure, more little C Catholic, a larger community feel where it's not just about my personal individualism and my personal relationship with Jesus, but that I'm, I'm not lost in in a bad way, but that I'm, I'm in a big crowd of believers, yeah. past, present, you know, the, again, the, the Bible speaks of that, of of the cloud of witnesses. Yes, the cloud of witnesses and the hosts above us or, or you know, around us who've gone on before us. And like to, to think, hey, I'm, I'm reciting or singing or praying the same thing that they mm-hmm. were, you know, reciting and singing and praying. There should, should be something there. In heaven, we're going to do it together, right, if we believe all this. Yeah. So, like, there's just this, I think. I don't want to be found throwing out. Uh, this is one of my expressions: is throwing out baby Jesus with the bathwater. You know, yeah. I, I don't want to be found throwing out the spiritual things to a fault. But the flip side is, to your point, I think occasionally a dream will have meaning. Yeah, I think most of the time, yes. It's it's just picking out things in my Flotsam day. Flotsam and jetsam. And I'm like, I look at the sometimes and go, I don't have a lot of faith in my brain. Yeah, but God must have made some things like. This this is a supercomputer. This is AI on another level because yeah. like uh, I always feel like I always feel like my intelligence is artificial, Johnny. <laughs> but come oh. on now. But at the same time, like I go, I wasn't consciously trying to do that, and my brain just made again this extensive yeah. something that how in the world was that even possible? So if it is just a movie I'm watching, well done, brain. Yeah. I well can always done. count on my brain to come to the worst possible conclusion. So then that way, I think. I'm a supercomputer. Oh, you know, wow. I can count on it to come up with the, you know, a doom and gloom scenario. You're like the one in the movie War Games. Yeah. Right? Like, it always ends with nuclear holocaust. Right. If your brain's in charge as the computer. Would you like to play a game? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the game. That's, I think you need to see some. I need to play more tic-tac-toe yeah. and less global th- thermonuclear war. I think you should consider some psychiatric Did they ever do a reboot of War Games? Weren't they talking about a that? A reboot maybe they, of War Games? Maybe Come they on, did. <laughs> yeah. Mm, floppy. Uh, people used to have to reboot a computer, by the way. Sorry, guys. Uh, to yeah. our Xennial listeners. What is the first time you opened it? Was it just is it booting it? You booted it up. Yeah, you call it booting it up. Yeah. I wonder where that came from. I need, I need the etymology of that. There's no huh. way to know. What is the boot? boot. Yeah. I wonder if it stands for something. I feel like you're about to no. come up with some. No, I never, I never know. I never know. <laughs> Give it the boot. Uh, I don't know if they made that remake or not. Uh, well, and it could, could it be done? That's the thing. Some of these movies you think, oh, this needs a remake. And then some things it just feels like uh, they, they, they didn't age well. I don't know. War Games, it feels like it's very prescient. Yeah, it feels like that. It's they, too on the nose, they really. Made it because that actually is a reality now. Yeah, it's too on the nose now. We, we, people are really have that fear that AI could become self-aware and yeah, you know, and launch things. And I do wonder sometimes how close to like I read an article uh, about. And again, I'm not making a political statement. It's just reading an article in the Washington Post, and it was talking. Here we about, go. Um, Trump was criticizing another one of his former chiefs of staff. Mm-hmm. 
because he had a lot and he pretty much hates them all now. Yeah. And they speak out against him. It's a really interesting ahistorical phenomenon. Right. Generally, there's like a complete. That you would have nobody in your formal circle that would stand up for you. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not making a statement. I'm saying like historically, if you were chief of staff to a president, it's like you yeah. go down with a ship kind right. of thing. You toe the line. Like forever. Yeah. And so to have like four of them who go, no, is really interesting. But he said apparently he had to argue in the final days of his presidency to yeah. keep him from attacking Iran. Oh, wow. Like he had to go to bat. Like he was actively yeah. you know, working to keep the president from just attacking Iran. And not there's not reasons to go to war with Iran all the time. I understand that. But I just thought I had to stop you just before we hit record. I mean, guys, I can never forgive them for what they did. And I noticed did. you have a red background today, which is very ominous. I needed to switch you're up talking, the colors. You're talking about nuclear war with Iran. You got a red background, guys. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this, John Driver. I don't. Eagles and Hitler. We've gone a lot oh, of places today. We have yeah. gone places, uh, but I'm not going those places. No. Yeah. I, I just thought though. I wonder how many things, not just with him, but how many things with presidents or computer glitches or, yeah. or uh, how many times have we averted disaster yeah, that yeah. we'll never know about, which I know is what shows are written about. Yeah, like we know about Cuban Missile Crisis. We know about some of that after the fact, and now we know even more yeah. uh, about that stuff. But it's like, yeah, you just realize, like, we could have ended civilization a few times now. It's very interesting to me how I don't, thin the margins are. Well, uh, my brother-in-law works for HUD, and... Uh, he was a he was a in the air force and everything, and so he's been around government stuff for a long time. And he's just like, there's some stuff I know I wish I didn't know, and there's a lot I'm glad I don't know the details of. Yeah, you know, once you're involved enough to be like, yeah, you just you go. I'm glad we're. It's like the whole Men in Black thing where they're like, well, people could handle knowing there's aliens. He's like, you go, people are logical. He's like, no person is logical. People are paranoid, yeah. crazy. They have mob mentality. They overreact. Yeah. And so, yeah, we see that now with the internet where you can find a tribe of people who think some crazy conspiracy theory. And now there's like something is, it's like we give quarter to that now, whereas it would have been given no quarter if it's a crazy guy at the end of the bar. Right. Now that person can find a hundred other people that also believe that and it can become a movement and it can become a real thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that's it, that's made it more dangerous than ever. And every good conspiracy and lie has elements of truth to it. Yeah. So that's the thing. You can point out the elements of truth, overemphasize them, and then you just – it's almost like – And the a- absence of proof just proves the conspiracy is deeper than we ever knew because right. there's not even proof of this thing. That's how good they are. Right. They've <laughs> hidden this well. Right. Instead of saying there's no evidence, you're like, yeah, there's yeah. no evidence. The, the burden of proof is on the person who you're accusing, though. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's almost like – you know, in, in we call that port-barreling – in legislative processes, yeah. which is this bill passes, and in order to get it through politically, you added a bunch of other stuff to it that has uh-huh. nothing to do with it. Right. I think that's how you sell a conspiracy. You, you take a few things that will actually pass muster, and then you put a whole bunch of other things in it right. that are actually the bigger deal. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Also, there's lizard people. You're right. Like, I can't. I do believe this, but not... <sighs> Well, lizard person, sure. Lizard person. But lizard people. Lizard people, no. No, because they get out of whack. And do I believe you're a lizard? Maybe. 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 How do you think that that stain in the ceiling got there? Maybe that's where my habitat is. That's up where there. your forked tongue <laughs> lapped up at the <laughs> ceiling forked. tile. You don't like that, forked? <laughs> that was good. Okay. Uh, John, it's, uh, it's time. Is it? I think it's time. <laughs> We're moving fast. We are moving fast. I don't know how long we've been recording, but it feels like it's time to go all the way back, John. Okay. All the way back to This Week in History. It's a segment we like to call Talk About Then. Oh, we got some more presidential stuff. This week, 1975, U.S. President Gerald Ford falls down on the steps of Air Force One after arriving in Austria. A uh, pretty famous video. Chevy Chase's parody of this on Saturday Night Live, along with another fall while climbing up the stairs of Air Force One. The following December and other klutz moments would lead the media to characterize Ford as a klutz. Ford, however, was uh, a star college football player for the University college. of Michigan. So he was actually an athlete. Yeah. He just had a couple of whatever. And they talked about that, about that's kind of the Saturday Night Live in the zeitgeist, in, in the public consciousness, was so strong then that they actually affected Right. President Ford's approval ratings, they feel like. It it made him a, a cartoon character. Yeah. yeah. 
uh, in that way. Um, I think satire should have a role of informing the populace. Uh, you're supposed to speak truth to power. Comedy has that role. Yeah, but when you trivialize, though, a politician's yeah. effectiveness or role for basically nothing but something that he didn't do politically. If you're gonna, that, yeah. That's what's hard about it is you, you kind of want his record or his ability to lead yeah. to be the main reason why you dismiss him or not. But when it's literally because you think he's a klutz. Yeah, it's like a low-hanging fruit or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. That is interesting. interesting. And it's it's gone on. I mean, obviously, it just, it's a tradition that's carried on to yeah. this day. It's just, I don't know if people, if it matters at this point now. People are so polarized now. They're just like, it doesn't matter what is said about my guy if he's on my team. You're just rooting, we're rooting for laundry. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a weird, we're in a weird spot now where, like I, we were talking the other day about the Howard Dean moment. You know, what is that, 2008? He's the front runner for the Democratic nomination. He has this moment where he goes, yeah, and then that's a meme in the early days of YouTube. He basically is proven by that moment to be unfit for office. Right. Like, can you imagine? Like, now, it, that's not even anything. No. You can say whatever you want. You can say the most abhorrent things. You, It doesn't, nothing can take you off of your candidate if you like that candidate. They can be the silliest craziest they can say the weirdest things they can believe the weirdest things well because everything is curated literally by the algorithm yeah for you to only hear the positives maybe if you watch long enough you only hear the positives of the things that you believe or the people that you follow yeah because it will literally get rid of the other that's what's so scary about it so well i don't know and i I don't know what what do you think without the klutz imagery do you think president ford you said that about president ford his policies and his leadership should stand on its own what do you think of him as a president outside of that i think he was pretty i I don't pretty milk toast yeah i don't think there's a lot there the the deal is him following Nixon, yeah, I don't think he was ever gonna. And then pardoning Nixon, right? The pardon, yeah. Which, which imagine what Twitter would have done with that. That's an interesting thing. Like, yeah. uh, that's a big, that's a big political swing. It was then to one hand wash the other. But you like had an that. ability to take big swings back then. That yeah. once the mainstream media, the news cycle sort of ran out on it. I mean, it historically yeah. has remained a big deal. But today, social media allows a fire to never go out. Yeah, like it can just we could just add new new you know air to the fire, oxygen to it every day. We, you could make a whole new podcast just about that. You know, right. about, that's about the, that's our next podcast right. called Just About That. Just About That, John. This week, nineteen twenty-five, baseball legend Lou Gehrig began his record twenty one hundred thirty consecutive major league games. Wow, which I think that was broken right by Cal Ripken, senior, I junior, so Cal junior. Ripken, junior. Yes, yeah. Uh, who became baseball's Iron Man many years later? But I did not know, know Lou Gehrig set the original record. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Edison received his first patent this week, 1869. Do you know what it was for, John? First patent. Um, give me a second. I'm not going to know it, am I? Well, it's good to guess, though. Okay. First patent would have been for. I want to say something like a. It couldn't be bifocals. That was Benjamin Franklin. Trifocals. So he came out with trifocals first before. <laughs> no, it's after Franklin. Yeah, okay, after Franklin. Yeah. No, John, you're a fool. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, Thomas Edison was granted his first patent for an electrical vote recorder. Oh. Although his vote recorder was a failure and was never used, Edison went on to invent many other famous. There's actually a drawing of the vote recorder, and it's a funky looking little thing. Wow. Uh, it's odd looking. I'm not sure exactly how it ever worked. And evidently it didn't Apparently work. Apparently it didn't. Uh, don't give up the ship. This week, 1813, U.S. Captain James Lawrence orders, don't give up the ship. After being mortally wounded on battle in battle during the War of 1812, he died of his injuries on June 4th. He had engaged his frigate, yeah, the USS Chesapeake, against the Royal Navy frigate HMS Shannon. The British ship was able to disable the Chesapeake during the few, first few minutes of the battle. Lawrence, mortally wounded during this exchange, made his famous proclamation, don't give up the ship, fight, fight her till she sinks. However, the British boarded and took his ship. Right. I but love that's, that's brave. I think the War of 1812 was one of those truly lost to history moments for most Americans. People, yeah. If you asked them, most people would not know who our opponent was. Would yeah. you have known? 
The War of 1812? Who we fought in the War of 1812? Uh, I don't know. England. England, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so people don't really... So you think of the Revolutionary War. Correct. So here you are, you know, 1781-ish is when the Revolutionary War ends. Right. So here you are, 30 years. Later. So we have our independence. Right, but... But we got a war with Britain again. We did, and there was a chance we could have lost it. Yeah. You know, now, it was probably more about... They did burn D.C., uh, yeah, I don't think I, I don't they, think they, I, they I'm not very House. familiar with the War of 1812. But and there was a lot that happened with northern territories between us and Canada. When was the Civil War? Civil War is 1860s. Okay, so much this later. This is pre-Civil War, yeah. Yeah, and this is where Andrew Jackson really makes his mark at the Battle of New Orleans mm-hmm. uh, as a hero, war hero, and then that begins sort of his star rising, eventually to become president. You know, in the 18, mm, I want to say 30s. Maybe late 20s. You did say 30s, and I don't know if you were right, because yeah. I'm not checking it. Uh, John, this week, 1638, Ooh. Uh, the end of the world. Uh, it even has the scripture, Revelation 612, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as a sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Or Acts 220, the sun will be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood before the Which coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. Quoting the quoting Joel. Right. Way. So the greatest earthquake recorded in New Hampshire coincides with an eclipse and blood moon. The earthquake was one of the strongest of the 17th century and the U.S. in the U.S. colonies. It is estimated it would have measured a 6.5 and 7.0 on the Richter scale. Uh, the tremors lasted for three weeks. Wow. Ending just in time for a full eclipse of the moon on June 25th, which appeared blood red in the sky. So yeah. So this was. Oh my gosh. All of that happening at once, the Puritans believed this signaled the end of the world as per the biblical prophecies. How uh, would you not believe that? Right. Yeah. It's a yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on at once. So like when it all passed and you're still there, do you think what did I miss? Right. Were like, we it all was, uh, left behind, maybe. if you will? Yeah, were they were they was this pre kind of a because we were talking about that, about how eschatology in modern evangelicalism is very wrapped up in Revelation as a very literal right. thing. And I wonder if they were there where they thought we're pre-tribulation rapture people. Or is that a relatively newer That's a great last qu- couple of hundred years thing? I'd have to really search out my Puritan. But yeah, either way, it was spooky and they attributed it to their beliefs. And so they were like, yeah, this is the end of the world for sure. It's a lot going on there. I remember we had a, a student one time. Who she was? A, she was a little melodramatic at times as a teenager. All teenagers are. Mm-hmm. I remember one night that we had like a. There was like the moon was kind of orange, mm-hmm. and she looked. She goes, Pastor John, the moon has turned to blood. And Laura goes, That's a harvest moon, sweetie. Yeah, it was like you know. Right. So I, the moon changes colors. John's lights change colors behind him today. It's is red. This, is this a is I'm, this a coincidence? I'm trying. To make sure the background's different for each if of the I YouTube videos. If I look at your bald head and that red... Oh, it could be like the... Oh, man. Coincidence? It's a lot. Yes. I had a dream about this. Okay. Okay. No, I didn't. Uh, June 1st, 1965, John. Mm. Cycling bans performance-enhancing drugs. I find this interesting. This means that what was going on before then? Were they just letting people do whatever? Before 1965? They were just like... Man, a lot of records are being broken. What did they do in 65? Uh, they banned performance-enhancing drugs in bicycle racing. So, yeah, like, what did they have? Yeah, what was going on? Like, I want to know what drugs were available. Well, it's like baseball, when they finally banned PEDs, before then, like, if you look at the 70s, they go, oh, that was before the steroid era, but everybody was taking speed. Yeah. Everybody was on what was called greenies then, so they were all on amphetamines, basically. Interesting. Because uh, they're, do- they're playing double headers. You just go, man, they were really running out those ground balls. Like, yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah. Their heart's about to explode. <laughs> <Sprung> crystal meth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, but that's interesting. I wonder what was going I need to research more about what drugs they were concerned about in 1965 that they thought we need to intervene. Yeah. Um, and who banned them? Like, was it a, a cycling uh, federation or, or was government? it the government got involved? Yeah. The four-minute mile, John, uh, the first American to run a, four, a sub-four-minute mile. Uh, Roger Bannister. Yeah, I've heard that You knew about that name. Uh, Of Britain, wait a minute. Don Bowden is the first American. Roger Bannister of Britain had done it three years earlier. So the British, once again, beat us to the proverbial punch. Hmm. Uh, But they didn't take our freedom. No. They couldn't. They were not under the monarchy. 
No, we're not. We don't speak English. We're two and zero oh in Wait. those battles. Yeah. Uh, but Don Bowden, we don't want to give credit. So he was a three fifty eight. What is your? What do you think you run a mile in? <sighs> What's your lowest? Lowest? Yeah. Oh shoot. What are you? Seven minute? Shoot. You never run a seven minute? No, my lowest again. I, mean, I didn't really start running seriously till thirty. Just give me the numbers, John. I'd say I'd run. I could run an eight in my okay. best day. I think I did an eight fifteen one time. Yeah, I mean it'd be in the eights. And I mean again, I'm I'm two hundred twenty pounds when I ran that. So that's now, I'm, never, I'm, a, I'm a what you call a Clydesdale if I ran a. Yeah, there's a Clydesdale category when I run I races. Feel like it's disrespectful. It is totally. like I'm clomping around. Yeah. The, I'm a show horse. I'd be more like in the Shetland category. I'm a beefy person. Yeah, I, I just um, the deal is though. I never just go run one mile. Maybe I should try that one time and see what my time. Run a mile because I'm only got. running my first out of some, three. Some insurance at, companies will give you a lower rate if you can run a sub nine minute mile. Did really? you know that? Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of times when you do term life, if you're above forty, they'll go. If you can get a better rate, if you can run a sub, like on a treadmill or something, mm-hmm. they'll 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 come and test you. I want to do that. Yeah. I like to get discounts, and I like challenges. When I did, uh, the last time I had term life, they did a, a whatever. It was just 2021. They came to the house. They did a lot of weird things. One of the things I thought was interesting is they interview you, and they ask you all the medical history stuff. That is weird. But they, no, it is weird, and I lied about all of it. No. <laughs> they're like, have you had any early death in your family? I'm like, they're like, no, 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 no. Everything's good. Where are your parents? Um, oh, man. Um, they they go. They gone. <laughs> Uh, they didn't make it. <laughs> We're not hardy people in the Wethington household. <laughs> no, but one of the things they did that was fascinating was they took my blood pressure when the interview started and then in the middle of it and then 30 minutes later at the end. Mm. So they wanted to make sure, I guess they're checking because if you, I guess you could take, syndrome, yeah. yeah, and you could also take something, I guess that would make it ebb and flow. And so they're kind of, that's interesting. I'm sure there are people who maybe they take something to calm themselves down if they want to come off as. So they're trying to make sure you're not tricking the system by taking it three different times in three different time spans. Uh, anyway, uh, I got a good rate. I got, I got to say, I got a lot of coverage. <laughs> uh, enough that I'm concerned that Curry's. Yeah, I've seen that know, look in her eye. Yeah, it's she's like, no, you take the elevator. I'm good. You're, yeah, you're like, wait, what's what? this? I'll, I'll I'll get the next one. What's that about? Yeah, here, uh, get this rental car. No, no, not that one. Yeah. This one. Yeah. That's yeah. Odd. What's that smell? Right. That's not brake fluid. Yeah. Go ahead. What does brake fluid smell like? Does it have a... It smells like... Is there an odor? Yeah, yeah. I think so. You know that there's those people who can smell... Is it cyanide? Yes. That smells like bitter almonds? Yeah. Not just almonds, John. Bitter almonds. Bitter, which is a taste. It's not a smell. Which there is cyanide. There's a connection between almonds and Is it cyanide, cyanide right? It's cyanide. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but it's only a certain percentage of people that can smell it. Yeah. So if you're going to poison somebody with cyanide, lucky you need dogs. to know what genetic marker if they have the smelling. Yeah. Plus, but, if you're if you're me, I just put it. I'm just going to drink the soda. I'm not going to be like, let me have a sip. Uh, let me have a sniff of this. What is this? Diet, Dr. Almond, Pepper. Right. Diet, yeah. Right. Put it in. Put it in like the new strawberry Dr. Pepper, and they'll never. That's die. very pungent. We'd like to state we don't endorse poisoning. People. No. No. I mean not. I mean, like, we're telling you how to do it, but we don't endorse it. Hey, don't do it now that you know how. We're going to go ahead and stand on the side of anti-poisoning. Yeah. Don't do it. Anti-poisoners. Yes. Yeah. The AP. Uh, Lastly, John, this week, 1796. Do you know what happened? 17. You should know this. That would be George Washington. No. Okay. Because that's the year. It has to do with where we live. Oh, Tennessee became a state. Tennessee became the 16th state. Check it out. This week, 1796. Wow. So we've made it. I took a – so I built a wall in my backyard, a privacy wall that you saw the other day when you came over. To make yourself a state. You're applying for statehood. This is my new – yeah. But I had to drive out to the cedar mill to get all the wood, and it's out in Gordonsville. This feels like a very old sentence. I had to drive (laughs) out to Gordonsville to the cedar mill. It really is. And like I got off, uh, you, I forget what it, which exit, Linwood Road, you know that uh-huh. one, I-40. And right. man, suddenly, like, yeah. I'm in a bygone era. Yeah, you're in a different time. Like I'm driving, and it was awesome. Rick uh, Roberts, my, our friend, a comedian, he has a bit about that, about doing a show in central Arkansas. He goes, I got this show in Arkansas. And he goes, then I had to call my agent. This was years ago. He goes, I had to call my agent to be like, um, is there a time difference? He goes, yeah, it turns out about 30 years. <laughs> he goes, they don't even have cable there. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. But there's little rock walls, 
and there were little All right. uh, little cemeteries. Homesteads and farms and things? Oh, everywhere. Yeah. A little winding road. is very very pretty day. But mm-hmm. there's little cemeteries everywhere. And mm-hmm. so then I found one at the park where Seti's doing beach practice now up in Goodlettsville, and there was an old gravestone. I walked out to, to look You went at walking it. through the cemetery? Well, it's on the, the park grounds. Okay. And they also have like an old house from the late uh, – the late 18th century, yeah. late 1700s. And then they have like a rebuild of uh, Mansker Station, which was one of the early forts there. They've, they've redone it, yeah. recreated it. And that gravestone, though, he was born in 1815. Mm-hmm. And you realize like people in Tennessee, I mean, there was a lot of people here. 1815, and again, it's what? 1796, uh, so it been, so yeah. 20 years mm-hmm. later. I mean, like, you really start researching this area i mean it's very historic in terms of american history now, right. obviously there was a lot of indigenous people living here long before that but in terms of understanding how it became a part of the united states it's a really fascinating process well yeah and i you know tennessee we're we're i'm not too fired up right now about our current uh, government legislature ne'er-do-wells but i will say this i'm pr- i'm a proud tennessean I, I like where I live. I like Tennessee. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, there's something about – I like Nashville in particular. It's kind of like we're in the middle of the state. It's kind of a big city feel, but it's still got the warmth of a southern yeah. city. It's like a southern big city. Yeah. So you feel that a little bit of a melting pot, but also it's 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 a very traditional southern vibe to it, which I dig. Yeah, it's got it, – it marries them pretty well. Not, not not all the time. Sometimes, like where we are in our county, which is just east of Nashville, which you know was just a farming community, yeah, you know, less than thirty years ago. Um, there's still some of that carryover. Like mm-hmm. there was just a vote this week. <laughs> we have some. Of the, we are like the third richest county county in the state, yeah. and we have like some of the lowest paid teachers in yeah. the state. And I mean, just surrounding counties. Well, we're not talking about like comparing right. us to, to the. And we're already losing teachers anyway because they're coming out of the pandemic feeling unappreciated, and now they're being told every day that they're teaching CRT when they're not. Like it's crazy right, right now. They're, yeah, they're leaving Wilson. It's crazy to be a teacher. They're leaving Wilson County, especially in droves, yeah. because they can go next door county that's a lot like ours. They can uh-huh. go to Rutherford and yeah. make another ten grand, you know, yeah, for yeah. the same job. And so our our commissioners had a vote, and literally it would have been the equivalent of a seventy dollar annual tax increase per homeowner only if you had a four hundred thousand dollar home or higher too right Wasn't well it i don't crazy? know if it's like i don't know if that's like prorated if your home was less oh, or right, more. Right, I don't right. Know. i just know that was that's kind of probably the average the, yeah and literally they turned it down and so like teachers just there's all kinds of teachers on the forums writing so they, hey i'm leaving the county because i can't afford right to do this i love my job and this is where i'm from and right. i love this place so you still get some of that holdover sometimes of like we're not going to increase – I'm not pro-taxes. I'm just saying, like, I am pro-teachers. Yeah. Like, if there's a way – got to make a choice eventually. When, yeah. you're, when your city has grown from a farming community into what, you know, yeah. this county is and these cities around here are, like, it'd be, it would be okay, I think, for us to pay our teachers a little better. So you do get into some of that holdover, um, that tension between – at the same time, I don't want to live in a place where taxes are 70% and, yeah. you know, the government's controlling everything. I understand, right. I understand there's a flip side to that coin, but I think we're a little sometimes – too afraid to take reasonable small steps we, in order to help. We love you, teachers. Please stay in Wilson County. We yeah. need you. We need teachers. Yeah. I'm going to go out and head and say it. We're against poisoning, and we are pro-teachers. Yeah. We've made some big statements today. I'll give you $70 right now, John, if you'll become a teacher. I am a teacher, Oh, but I'm just not in the classroom anymore. Actually, mm. my license expired. This feels like... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but I play one on television. <laughs> Feels like that old commercial. I'm educated as a teacher. Yes, about that. Right, and okay. I used to be a teacher. You could go back to teaching like that. Oh. Just go get your. What are they handing out those certifications? They would probably need me right now. Yeah, they could probably use you and probably give me some like, hey, we'll let you do it as you go. Because I think that yes, we have a teacher shortage here. Yeah. Do you know how you know your shortage is pretty severe when you would take me? You know yes. what I'm saying? You're like, whew. That's how bad it's got. That's, this is literally the bottom of the barrel. Send um, out the bad signal. And it's a deep barrel, Johnny, with lots of things in it. And mm-hmm. it reminds me of the archives of our podcast. It is a deep barrel. Uh, talk about that podcast.com where you can find over 260 archived episodes to enjoy or infuriate you. Yeah. Whichever you want. Yeah. Uh, we would love it if you would uh, partake of those. If you want to find ad-free versions of the show, you can support the show 
at, right there at the uh, top right link there. I mean, for the cost of literally less than the cost of a Starbucks drink a month. Yeah. You can get you can support the show content. and get ad free content. So yeah, and uh, so do that. And uh, but enjoy those episodes. Leave a review mm-hmm. if you would. Go to Amazon.com, search for John Driver. You can find all of his new projects and existing projects. And uh, my website is Johnny W J O N N I E W dot com. We actually have a show, local show for Middle Tennessee people. If you want to make the trek, uh, me Here. and my, me and my buddy Brian Bates and Rick Roberts, Alex Veluto, all Dry Bar Comics. We're doing a show here at the Grove. We're calling it the Grove Comedy Club, but it's here at the Grove yeah. Church. That's Mount, June 11th. In Mount Juliet, where we record this podcast, just downstairs from here. And uh, it's going to be a great show. We're going to be doing some of the hits, but also some new material. So it's a kind of a, we're working some things out. Yeah, I will put the link in the show notes Yeah, do that. Uh, to buy the tickets. They're $10. Yeah. And also, we'll have uh, free childcare yeah, what, fun you gonna, for elementary age How kids. are you going to get a deal like that? Yeah, it's great. It's going to be a fun night. Our brew will be open, uh, which is our cafe. Yeah. And you can get Starbucks quality drinks. Uh, you can come watch comedians. It all comes back to Starbucks doesn't quality it, though, drinks. Doesn't it? So, yeah, I'll, I'll stick that in the show notes. But if you're also just wanting to remember, it's uh, yeah. Grove Church MJ slash comedy. Yeah. And, uh, Sorry, GroveChurchMJ.com slash comedy. Yeah, so do that. And also, all my other dates will be on my website, too. For I'm going all over the country this Every- year. Everywhere. Everywhere. I've been everywhere, man. Yeah, you and I are going on a trip together next week. We are. It's a big week next week. We're going on a trip. We're going on a trip. We we're, su- we're surprising a buddy. I don't want to reveal it. I thought I don't, we had the RSVP I, for that. We did, but I don't know if he's seeing the RSVP. Uh, Do you think he's seeing it? I don't know. I was hoping he's surprised. I am too. He's a listener, though. He is. Oh, and no. What have we done? I know, but yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be a fun trip. All of our friends are now going, is there something they could surprise me with? Yeah. Yeah. And then when it's not them, they're going to be like, Dang it. sons of guns. They go and they pull their Patreon. Yeah. Uh, this please, is out. Please don't. This is the beginning of the end. Yeah. So, yeah. Hey, guys, thanks so much for every week joining us. We really have a good time doing it. We'll do it again next week. I want to talk about that. world out there moms and dads i'm katherine seegers host of christian parent crazy world the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world subscribe at lifeaudio.com